Welcome to Affable Chat. Uh, my name is Benjamin. And I'm Joey. And today we're going to be discussing the movie Evil Dead. And before we get into that, uh, I just want to uh, let everybody know we do have an email address, which is affablechat at gmail. And uh, we also have comment sections on soundcloud.com and also a Twitter account at affablechat because we do appreciate feedback. So if there's anything you disagree with or if there's something you you feel like we left out something you want to comment on we'd love to hear from you but uh without further ado let's talk about evil dead spoilers ahead spoilers ahead yeah well before we get into the synopsis or anything i just kind of want to get your first impression what this is the first time you've seen this movie right this is definitely the first time i've seen this movie and it's also one of the few horror films that i've actually seen uh like really? true horror films uh, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed Get Out, but that's about as far as, like, horror as I like to get into. So this sure. was definitely a menacing task to <laughs> watch this movie this week. And, yeah, just to be clear, this is the one from 1981. It's The actual title is The Evil Dead. The new 2013 remake is just Evil Dead. I, I just want to make that. Oh, okay. Because, I, 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 yeah, after watching the movie, I looked at some of the lore. Apparently, this is, this is not the only Evil Dead. There's many. There's, this is the first one, and then there's a, se- a sequel, Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness, and then there was a TV show, and comic books, and like video games, and everything. Wow. So, yeah, it spanned a whole franchise, spawned a whole franchise. So, well, it, did it also kind of spawn a genre? Again, I, I want to hmm. like lean on the fact that I haven't seen a lot of horror movies, so a lot of this stuff... Uh, I come into this with a lot of questions, because it seems like there's a lot of horror movie tropes that are uh, used in this movie, but I'm not sure if they were tropes at the time, uh, because this is 1981, so they might have been, you know, kind of uh, setting the bar for what it is to be a horror film, or horror flick. Yeah, I think, I think there's, um, I think there's a little bit of both, honestly. Uh, I think the idea, the zombie thing has been done to death, uh, even up to that point. I mean, George Romero is the kind of the father of zombies, and his movies came out long before this one. Um, and the cabin in the woods and, like, the, yeah. the kids and stuff, that's kind of a, a, a horror trope that they're using in this movie. Um, okay, so this wasn't, like, some sort of landmark, like, that was the first teenagers go to a cabin in the woods and get killed story? It is a landmark, but not for that reason. Okay. It's it's kind of like a culmination of all of these things that have been in horror for a long time. It really is, like, an ode to horror in a big way yeah and it kind of spawned this whole next generation of horror movies that are all like they're all about this kind of single location lots of gore lots of violence and stuff some of them were terrible (laughs) you know but uh this one is more like this pure like love of horror that kind of comes through um in this movie and there are some things that i think they they introduce in this movie that are used like extensively now one of the things is what they call the force yes well, well i guess we're gonna go start talking about the movie let's go into the synopsis first yeah yeah before but, we um, deep dive so yeah but, please. But, yeah um there's a lot of stuff that this movie does that uh, other movies have started to emulate and um it's inspired just so many people to uh, do their own movies and do stuff with outside of hollywood because that's how they started and, and everything like that 
But yeah, I, I want to hear like, okay, you were spooked though. You were scared. You were. Totally... I I was absolutely <laughs> terrified because. Uh, Did you watch it at night? I no, I I actually watched it in during the day. I went to watch it at night, and then I suddenly remembered I had other stuff to do. You know, right. not totally not because I was scared. No, no, no. And then, but I did end up watching it in the morning. That's when I decided to be the least spooky, and uh, I was still by myself, and it was still absolutely terrifying. Um, I, again, I, I I don't know what's a good measure of like what is scary because I feel like I'm easily scared. But this okay. movie definitely I had me, you know, putting my my hand in front of my eyes and like <laughs> peeking between my fingers, feeling like oh god. <laughs> and uh, and I think that yeah. the only thing that kept me sane was knowing that I was going to be able to talk through the, the my trauma uh, with someone else <laughs> after <laughs> when we record this podcast. Yeah. Because, Get rid of that PST. Because PTSD. exactly well because. I never normally I would never watch a movie like this, but I think after having watched this, maybe I, I'll, I'll spend a little more time in the horror genre because okay. overall I really did enjoy uh, the experience. Okay, let, let's talk about let's do the synopsis and then okay, um, we'll we'll get we'll dive more into it. <clears throat> uh, I have a short one. Five teenagers headed to his head to a spooky cabin in the woods of Tennessee for a weekend getaway, but after discovering the Book of the Dead, strange things start to happen. One by one, the teens are possessed and transformed into evil undead monsters that seek to torture our protagonist, Ash. Ash must kill each of his friends, including his girlfriend, Linda, if he is to make it out alive. There you go. That, uh, that pretty much does it, though. I mean, uh, see, that's the thing. I didn't even know what this movie was to that extent. Uh, mm. I wasn't sure at all what to expect. I mean, I expected zombies, but uh, I... When I okay. pulled up the the image on because I watched it on YouTube and it had like the thumbnail for it and it was a, a, somebody getting kind of dragged underground with her hand in the air and I, yeah. I knew it was gonna be terrifying. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't even I don't know where exactly where to start, but we can start where we left off with the force. So, which is like yes. this thing that's kind of become this normal uh, th- trope in in horror movies, which is the idea that like the you see the uh, movie from the monster's point of view. Yes. Um, where, where the camera moves through the forest, moves through the house, and you like you hear the heavy breathing. You kind of see the footsteps as the camera shakes, and you can tell that it's the monster that's doing this. But you don't see the monster because, you know, the production reasons or make it spookier. Um, well, yeah, it's really unsettling, kind of the way that the force moves about uh i'm gonna be using that word a lot unsettling because this movie was quite unsettling (laughs) but yeah i I, just the way that the camera not necessarily footsteps like you're some sort of understandable like monster with two legs that you can like kind of visualize easily it glides and and it kind of has a tilt to the camera back and forth so it's never quite it's just jarring and it's different from a lot of uh what you're used to when you're watching a movie or even doing uh uh, point-of-view camera angles and immediately from the beginning because we see the the force hovering over this bubbling marsh uh, at the beginning <laughs> and instantly I mean I was on edge because I knew this was a horror movie but also it was uh, this murky swamp just the way it's filmed by itself I don't think that swamp would be menacing at all especially during the day but the way the camera hovers above it and the music combined yeah. with it is uh, oh yeah it's spooky and and the the sound that comes along with that is is really crazy too. It's like these these wind sounds that um, actually they took from an Orson Welles movie, and also some like that Sam Raimi just um, 
just found out in the wilderness. Orson, like, oh, this Orson Welles. Who's that? Who's the Orson Welles is the guy f- um, from Citizen Kane. He directed and starred in Citizen Kane. He also is the guy from uh, the famous reading of War of the Worlds. Oh yeah, made everyone think that it's real. He's a famous film director and movie star. Um, I'm not sure what movie that came, took that from, but Sam Raimi also found some uh, wind sounds out in the wilderness or wherever he was. And he's just like, oh, that's spooky. Let me put it in here. And then he also recorded some of his own voice saying things like, you know, like, join us or like <laughs> whatever. And then they distorted it to make it sound scarier. Um, and like all the all those kind of screams and like distant like howls. Was like, you hear in the background as like the demon is distorted. You're just like, oh, man, what is that? And it's just this real spooky kind of outside thing what's really crazy is that they that sound like the the force sound and like the wind sounds and everything they use that in other movies people were like oh, i want to get sam raimi's wind noises those are the best ones it was the sound <laughs> design on this movie is absolutely amazing there's oh so gosh, many yes. times where uh you know in my effort to stay calm i would be like uh, like this would never be scary just by itself it's all the sound <laughs> you know like there's so many times where you it, it's it's not just even... like turning it on put on mute <laughs> I want to read this exactly right well because the the this movie i think obviously there's a lot of visuals that are horrifying but yeah. leading up to that uh you know for a good portion of the movie uh starting it off it's just expectations and i think that having really good sound design does so much to tense you up and make every you know every second agonizing because you're hearing these crazy noises i mean there are so many uh uh, like this whole movie just uh, non-stop has just strange noises in the background i mean the wind one that plays when it's the force is very uh, uh like recognizable but throughout this whole movie, it keeps you on edge with interesting noises that if I was someone asked me to design scary noises, I'm not sure what I would do. But they knew what they yeah. were doing with this one. Well, I mean, it's kind of like it plays off each other, right? You see the scary visuals, you see the scary noises, and it kind of comes together into something. But yeah, you're right. It's that kind of attention to detail that really sells it. Uh, one of my favorite like sound things they do is the swing at the very beginning when it's banging against the, the cabin. And it's just that rhythmic boom, boom. Just a little slow. Yeah. Um, and what I like so much about this is that you don't know, like, like this isn't extra, right? This isn't something that's put in so that the audience knows you're supposed to be scared. This is, like, some part of the environment that's scaring them. You know, like, you don't... That 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 typical, like, kind of slow build like that is what would you... Would, clue to the audience that something scary is about to happen. But to have it just be part of, you know, the things that are happening to the characters makes you wonder like should i be scared of that or should i or am i just you know being paranoid well because i think if you've ever uh experienced one of those if you ever have used a swinging porch like bench before yeah uh, you know that if you swing them the right way they usually can hit stuff like i I, like that's a realistic thing for it to be doing for it to be like hitting against the the house it's not necessarily haunted uh it's maybe just the wind picked it picked it up um although exactly it's so easy to dismiss it's so easy for you to be like oh it's nothing it's just the wind but but no but no that was put in there for on purpose right to, to warn you what you're about to get into well and i want like although i i did think it was uh like the the it was an interesting intro to this movie. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's just because it was from the '80s or or if it was because it's low budget. But mm. starting it off, I felt like there was some 
they, they, like, I don't know, it just seemed kind of clunky with some of the dialogue. Like, when, when they're talking yeah. about why they're going to this cabin, and it's like, oh, we got a real good deal on it. And they're like, oh, but we haven't, you, no one's seen it yet. No, we don't know what it's going to be like. And they're like, oh, no, what if it's like, what if it's sucks? And then Scotty's like, it might not be that bad. And then what? what is her name? Is like, one of the girls is like, no. And he's like, it might be real nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely, yeah, the dialogue isn't perfect. Um, but it's, I don't know, it kind of sets that still tone. You know, there isn't a lot of dialogue in this movie, but it's still kind of like that. I don't know, it does a lot to kind of establish his characters, I think. Well, so, and it kept me from knowing if this is going to be a movie where I'm going to groan at the horror okay. or actually <laughs> be scared of it. Uh, right. But it was, uh, it was definitely the latter. I definitely was scared. Yeah, well, probably because there wasn't as much dialogue. There wasn't more of that, so... Yeah. Um, oh, so, well, right in that scene, actually, uh, right before, right as they're talking, there's those two hitchhikers on the side of the road, and Scotty yells out, Hey, go to hell! I'm not honking at you! Um, yeah, which was two... after the car, like, had a pr- problem, right? Well, they, they were about to run into another car, right? Yeah. I think that's what it was. Oh, yeah, the, the steering wheel was messed up. Um, even despite them having it, because that was the demons, taking it to right? the shop, or whatever. The demons, man. The demons, they're in your, you're in your gas tank. <laughs> um, but those, those two um, uh, hitchhikers are actually Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert, who is the director and the producer of this movie. The two guys that worked the hardest on it, um, and they just put themselves in there briefly. Well, I heard that they're <laughs> actually in this movie a, quite a bit because oh my gosh, uh, yes. there's a lot of they had like budget problems, and the movie was made over a long period of time. So there's like actually a bunch of shots where it's, uh, you know, not actually like it, it might be a character's hand uh, reaching into the frame, but it's not the actual actor's hand. It's one of the, one of the producers or one of the people that he's had on on set just filling in yeah. because they ha- like they didn't have that actor there that day. Right. They just have the clothes and the makeup so they can make it look similar enough. And yeah, they, they credit these people as fake shemps in the credits. They're all the people that lended their bodies and their limbs, um, but weren't actually the like credited actors um yeah sam Raimi plays a huge part in that so does bruce campbell so does uh robert tappert any like anybody was on the production like lended their limbs to be part of this movie just like in this the little shots like of just the hands or even sometimes the backs of the characters or like uh, anything like that right yeah and and fake shemp being a reference to the three stooges right yeah apparently I don't know. I've never watched the Three Stooges. Oh, really? Oh, Three Stooges is hilarious. Shemp is just one of the Stooges, and I, I, I know mm. that they did. I, I don't know why they would call him a fake Shemp. Uh, I don't know if they did the same thing with Shemp. Well, because there. it's like I don't know. That's a good question. I guess he's really a Shemp. <laughs> There's another reference to the Three Stooges that I, I found uh, through this uh, YouTube channel called Cinefix, where they do like, did you know like movie facts, um, and it's the, the blood scene near the end when the blood's in the pipes, um. Like the the blood the pipes are filling up with blood and like the electricity like the electrical sockets and like the light bulbs and everything they're all filling up with blood. Yeah, it's when Ash goes blood. back into the cellar to retrieve the the shells for the shotgun. That's right. Um, but apparently that is all a reference to a plumbing episode of the Three Stooges where everything fills up with water, including like the the sockets and the light bulbs and everything. So much another Three Stooges reference. Yeah, reference. yeah. Which uh, I as a I grew up with the Three Stooges, watching it in black and white, and uh, not because I'm old enough to have done that, but because we had the DVDs, and uh, <laughs> I, I do love the Stooges, so I, I appreciate that kind of um, reference made Little by Sam there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. It, I, but but uh, there's another thing about the production. It was like, 
it's supposed to be for six weeks. They scheduled them to be for like the actors and everything to be there for six weeks, and it ran for twelve weeks. And then after that, they were like, "All right, we're done. Like this has been miserable. Let's go home." And um, they uh, left, and then they spent all this time going to different locations and trying to fill in every little gap. And it wasn't so much like it wasn't done as much as they just couldn't stop. They were just like, there's so much more we could do. There's so many new ideas we have that we can just keep going. And it took them so long to make this movie, um, but I feel like it ended up really nice. Yeah, I think that's crazy that they had this vision that had so many road bumps, or uh, and, and but they still were able to see it through and to have this kind of success, uh, basically immortality, uh, based yeah, off it's of a that. cult classic. Yeah, yeah. because it, when it first came out, nobody nobody knew what it was. Like it never it showed in theaters, I think, but like hardly anybody saw it. It really came to be known after it was on, released on VHS, and then um, Stephen King actually. Uh, saw it and like wrote a review of it. He said it was the most ferociously original horror film of 1982, and that like boosted them to public status. So people actually knew who they were, and um, ever since then, like it's been a cult classic. Wow, that imagine having that happen to you, it, like having Stephen King pick your work up and say masterpiece. That was, <laughs> yeah, right. That's so crazy. Nice. I mean, he's a master of horror in, in his own right. Um, but like it was, it's crazy the stuff that happened, like because. Right around this time, there was this whole controversy with video cassettes. I was watching this documentary called um, "The Evil Dead: The Untold Saga," and they, they talk about they interview a bunch of the cast and, and crew, um, and they were talking about how video cassettes would come out and they wouldn't go through the same process as like a, a film released, so they wouldn't be viewed the same way. Um, or like screened, I guess. Does that make sense? Like they wouldn't be shown to like an official board, and, like, and then decide they would decide whether what the rating was. So they were able to sneak in all of this like really disgusting stuff into like VHSs. Um, and somebody mistook Evil Dead for one of these quote unquote video nasties because it was so gory. <laughs> and they actually brought uh, Sam Raimi to court for uh, obscenity charges. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Defend the movie in court. Oh my. Okay. Well, I guess since we're on the topic of like, like nasty videos and VHSs, let's talk about the uh, the scene where I, I honestly could not distinguish the, between the female characters in this movie, which is probably okay. like a short a shortfall on my part. But who is the one who first gets like she goes outside in her robe? And that's uh, uh that's Cheryl. That's uh, Ash's sister. Yeah, Cheryl. Goes outside and which of course that's another like classic horror trope is oh I yeah. heard something outside better go investigate go out there and see it in yeah. my <laughs> slippers and uh, and she gets attacked by like the vines which I she thought was get attacked she doesn't get attacked she gets well, totally raped yes okay so that's what what that was I I was like that seems so unnecessary and don't get me wrong like all this violence is more or less unnecessary but the uh, like the trees like pull her like all her limbs to like stretch them out and then shove like a like a, a long pointy branch like into her vag come on like what was that about like I, um, it was I don't terrifying know. I, don't get me wrong like that sounds awful i'm sure that was uh like uncomfortable but it's kind of an afterthought this huge thing gets jammed into her and then the next thing you see like she's breaking free and running away and that stick yeah. is nowhere to be found i uh okay well, <laughs> the, the thing is i i, I was like 
Did that even happen? Did I just imagine? Like, like, did she just get hit? Like, did a stick just hit her? Or did that actually just slide up inside of her? Uh, and I was like, yeah, that- and, and at that point, I'm like, okay, what do these demons want? What's going to happen to the rest of these characters? Like, is this, are these demons killing them? Or are these demons like, ah, yes, like, some warm, like, some warm flesh for our pleasure yeah, like born young flesh yeah i don't know i mean i i don't know honestly i mean there's a reason why that that kind of thing is never seen again i think because <laughs> it's just so out there um it's more like the whole like the horny dead than the evil dead like i was <laughs> i mean rape right. is definitely evil but um you know they could just it, yeah i thought that was bizarre and and, and then after that i was like so that's how they get inside you that's how you become possessed is the demons right. uh go in through your genitals but i don't i'm not sure if that's... i think they just have to be inside you in general right because because linda gets stabbed in the leg and then that spreads so that she gets possessed yeah um and then i think scotty gets like eaten or something well he goes out into the woods too um, oh boy scotty but but um hold on before we before we move on from cheryl's uh yeah encounter in the woods i thought that the vines were like a really cool practical effect though because you could tell well unlike what you'd have today which would probably be some sort of uh computer generated vine yeah you would like it looks like they took vines that were already curling in the directions that they needed them to and just were sliding them along her body so it looked like they were wrapping around, which was super cool. Like, at no point... Yeah. I, I feel like they really kept up the illusion that these vines were really doing what they were doing, even though you know they clearly weren't. Right. Well, that's the thing. Is like I feel like the suspension of disbelief is never broken in this movie. Even at the end when, like, everything's melting and it's all stop animation, I still you still kind of, like, feel like it's real. It's so crazy that the way he does this. I, um, all of the, like, all the effects in this movie are, well, first of all, they are, um, <laughs> all the effects in this movie, well, first of all, uh, they're all practical, and but they also had a lot of problems in the production, like, a lot of people got injured, people had scars, and, like, uh, Bruce Campbell twisted his ankle, and they were, like, prodding him <laughs> with, like, sticks and stuff, um, that one scene where, uh, uh, Linda gets, hit with that that beam when ash is beating her with the beam yeah they they got like a styrofoam beam but like they really hurt her and um they were like really hitting her with it and she was just like she was getting really upset and uh, sam ramey was like no just keep this in like this is perfect like she's getting so mad <laughs> well it's uh i heard they were shooting firing live rounds on the set yeah, they, they did shoot um at least one um at like a dummy which is again insane why would you even why would you even do that very reckless um, yeah, and I mean that one scene when the the force comes through the window, they actually broke a window for that, like real glass and everything. They installed a window and then destroyed it. Um, so so yeah. not yeah, not just a terrifying Safe- film, but also yeah, it's terrifying to any like onset safety coordinators. Safety third, as uh, as I say. <laughs> um, the yeah, I mean that's definitely true. I mean, the cabin itself was like really spooky. Like that was a real location, a real abandoned cabin that they had to first basically tear down from the inside and then rebuild and then completely destroy while making the movie right so, so I, I i i read that the cabin itself like the outside and like basically the the above ground of the cabin was all in like one place in tennessee i think yeah um and then the cellar it didn't actually have a cellar so they just dug a hole in the ground and then <laughs> yeah. uh the like the scenes you see in the cellar are actually in a cellar in michigan and then there's even this, like, one of the rooms in there. I think the room where they find the actual undead book and all that stuff is uh, Sam Raimi's garage. Right. I saw that, too. Yeah. It, it, 
um, it's it's insane like what you can do with just like simple editing, right? Like yeah. those scenes were shot months apart, and yet you never notice it. It's totally seamless. So oh, uh, and for, also yeah, can we can we talk about the? I mean, there's so many good scares in this in this movie to talk about, but one of the ones that I really enjoyed was uh, when Scotty went down into the basement at, at oh first, God. and then he's they don't hear anything from him. He's just quiet, and they're and they're like, oh, he's just fooling around, you know. But the whole yeah. time, I'm like, no, he's not fooling. He's, he's totally done. dead. Like, <laughs> that's the last time you see Scotty. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's so much. Like, I could I, never see. What was... I like went back and like timed it. It was from the from the time that Ash says, "Scotty, are you there?" to when Scotty says, "Boo!" It's three minutes and fifteen seconds of just like pure tension. You're just like slowly building it up. Ash is walking down the stairs. Now he's walking through this thing. He's turning on the lights. Ooh, ooh, and, and yeah, they had a 360 pan, which I always appreciate seeing uncommon uh, camera motions like that. Yeah. And because uh, when Ash comes down there, and you're really in the grips of this moment when you don't know what happened to Scotty, and you're still trying to figure out what's going on in general, because at that point you really haven't seen much from the demons. But right. you get this 360 pan where you just, you know, once you get back to Ash, you're like, well, I've seen it all. What, what's what could possibly be going on down here? Uh, I just thought that was that was a really cool uh, use of 360. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and you're like, well, there's nothing to worry about, right? Or or is something really gonna bump jump out of me now? So yeah, I I, I agree. That was a really cool shot. Um, yeah. So I think there is like some real realism, I guess you could say, from our characters. I, we already talked about how Cheryl was stupid to go into the woods. Um, and, and maybe Scotty was too, but like when she comes back, right after she has her, um, events in the woods, she, first of all, tries to get the keys off of the top of the thing. Like first she's struggling with the door and then she's like, Oh wait, I know where the keys are. And then she tries to get them and they're jammed in the door. And eventually she like tries to get it and she's screaming the whole time. You know, that's like <laughs> whenever I watch a, a scary movie, a scary movie with my dad, he's always just like, just scream, just scream. Like. What's the worst gonna ha- that can happen? Like, yeah. don't just sit there and think someone's gonna help you. Scream! And so I was, I was happy to see um, Cheryl screaming the whole time. Yeah, and I like that she was trying to leave. Like, she got yeah, in time and was like, "Let's, I don't care, let's leave." Yes, and at, which I thought was realistic, um, as opposed to even though they do this to an extent later, instead of insisting that they split up, which yeah. seems like it would be the uh, like hey, stupid teenager in a horror movie. Let's thing split up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, they do split up way too much in this movie too. Not because they, they say to do it, but they just do it. Right. Um, yeah. Well, they, at that point, they have no idea what the. Um, consequences are and i think like showing that they can't leave showing that the bridge is broken and like you know the forest is out to get them um it just kind of makes the demon scarier right like to to have your characters attempt something rational and then still be thwarted um just adds to the horror definitely and at that point well they kind of spell it out for you the bridge is out and then cheryl's even saying they're not gonna let us leave like she's eventually she's she's forecasting their doom uh, which at that point, at, well, with every passing moment, seems more and more likely. Right. Well, especially when she turns into a demon. That yes, <laughs> which is horrifying. The first, oh my gosh. the first, uh, yeah, Cheryl is the first one who turns into a demon when she first yeah. gets possessed, and you see her transform. Oh my gosh, that is, it was disgusting, and it was hard <laughs> oh to look gosh. at, and uh, it definitely cranked it up. Like at that point, from the from like creepy to an actually like horrific movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, that's the thing is it doesn't shy away, right? Like a lot of these horror movies will be like, 
uh, it'll kind of play play with you, right? Like, oh, is something scary out of the corner of your eye? Oh, something's moving behind. There's a shadow that looks Or, weird. like, we flash it real quick, you know? Did right. you, is it really what you saw? Right. I, I think this movie does have a couple of jump scares, but, like, in, in general, jump scares are so cheap because they're always, like, nothing, right? They're always, like, that shock, and then you're fine. Yeah. What makes a movie, like, good, what makes a horror movie good is, or something really scary, in my opinion, is when it kind of sticks with you when you when you can't stop thinking about it, and I think this movie adds that level to it as well. It's not just that it's horrible to look at; it's also horrible to think about. Agreed. It's uh, and and the practical effects to use to make these demons look just gnarly. Yeah, the makeup is so good, and like they have those those weird contact lenses, which I I in that documentary they were talking about them. Bruce Campbell was the one that they was in charge of putting those on. And they had it was like this whole thing. Like nowadays they have these like soft ones that you can put in your eyes really easy. But back then they were like these hard plastic like discs that Ugh. you have to like, put on these things and then like, stick in your eye. Um, and they couldn't see. When they had them on, they were totally blind. Wow. So they all those scenes when they're possessed, they're just like going by stage direction. They're like, step forward. Now step back. <laughs> that is uh that sounds just as terrifying as their eyes actually going like that. I can't yeah. imagine having to shove those things in your eyes. Um, yeah. Just more, un- like, <laughs> it sounds like it was harder to be in horror movies back in the 80s than it is today. <laughs> well, for this one, because this was, like, this low-budget, like, this guy and his friends had this crazy idea and, like, like a certain amount of money, and they just were like, let's do it and take as long as we possibly have to. Um yeah, like I mean, there's been lots of horror movies that before and since that have don't have such a pr- troubled production. But Sam Raimi apparently would say on set, like your your suffering is going to add to how horrible this movie is going to be. So like, just just know that this all going to be worth it one day. And he was totally right. Yeah, they got a lot of suffering in there. Um, <laughs> see, yes, definitely a lot of suffering. Well, yeah, and um, like speaking of suffering, like I, I uh, so when they when they turn into a demon. They're yeah. essentially lost to the world at that point. I don't think anybody uh, even like, even though they temporarily would come back. I don't think that. I think that was just a trick. And right. they're like, they're. Once I, you're, I agree. Once you're a demon, you're a demon, and you like gain a little bit of strength too, because there are demons handing out haymakers and uh, absolutely <laughs> pushing people aside. Yeah. yeah, tossing people around. I I, I know that uh, Ash is. Ash is uh, as a projectile ends up demolishing two <laughs> different shelves. Yeah, he gets <laughs> exactly. He's thrown through two different shelves and they fall on top of him. He's totally trapped. Yeah, sucks. I feel yeah. like Sam Raimi's trying to say something about reading in those. Uh, in that, like, <laughs> no, that, destruction that's actually of hilarious that you say that because the original title of the of the movie was "The Book of the Dead." Oh, and, okay. And they changed it because they were afraid that people wouldn't go see it because it had a had a literary reference in the title. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's talk about the book too, because that's and uh, yeah. like the book is bound with human f- uh, flesh and uh, or is it skin and inked and yeah, yeah, human flesh and inked in human blood, and that doesn't make them immediately go. Ugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was definitely a gross-looking uh, little yeah, well, book. Did there. you notice that um, Cheryl draws it when she's looking at the clock? I okay actually I didn't I didn't realize that because I was trying to figure out what she had drawn and at the time I didn't realize what it was yeah it looks like total scribbles but I mean I knew what the book looked like because it's the second time I've seen the movie and I it was like there's a little face on it and it, you could tell it's like a 3d picture of a book yeah um, it was so, it, that was unsettling too because that was uh, one of the first times we saw like 
real like concrete influence of the demons because her hand had like veins running through it and she was like right. not able to control it. Uh, yeah, it was terrifying. Um, I, I like to think that like the demons don't have any more strength or power than the humans are possessing. And they're just using more of it at that time. Right? Yeah. They have like more control over the limbs than we do. Like we always, we're always holding back, right? You're never pushing as hard as you possibly can because you don't want to break your arms. Right. But the demons don't have any, demons don't care. You know, they, they'll break your arms if they, if they want to. So like, I like the idea that like they're using all the strength they have available to them um, that we never even utilize because we actually care about self-preservation. Right, like you could probably punch through some old wooden boards, but you might break some fingers while you're at it. But yeah, the demons aren't exactly concerned about that. Right, because a lot of because they are able to best them when they're in the the bodies. Right, like they are able to sh- shove Cheryl into the cellar, which is so cool uh, with with the handles of the axe. Um, yeah. and then Ash is able to beat up Linda several times. So. Yeah, and and can we just thank uh like Scotty for being about that action. Because oh I, I, I felt like Ash was kind of reserved at first, and yep. Scotty was the guy. He would get in there with the axe. He'd get in there with the gun. Like he was, he was prepared to actually uh, to be about. Yeah, that he. Action. I mean, he knew what was up immediately. I mean, when he, he was like, "Hit her, hit her," and then he says, "Hit it." Yeah, he, he's he's like, "I'm not conveying my point well enough. That's not her anymore." <laughs> like. <laughs> And then he totally goes at her with the axe. Total dismemberment. It's just perfect. Oh, uh, and then the, the way, like, his, of course, chopping a body in a bunch of pieces is unsettling enough. But then to yeah. watch them wriggle after all, ind- like, independently wriggling around on the crowd, it was just so gross. Yeah, and the way they did that was they actually, like, nailed them into the floor. Like, they cut holes into the floor and put, um, what's her name, like, her head through the hole and then had her like wiggle around and stuff. <laughs> and she had the, she had the contact lenses in. Um, and so she had no idea what was going on and she couldn't move basically. And they were trying to get the lighting just perfect uh, for that scene. And apparently the guys behind the camera fell asleep while it was happening. And she had no idea cause she couldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It sounds like being an actor on this movie was a real test. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they all said like, that they don't have any like um, like bad feelings about it. Like they, it was miserable at the time, but like nowadays now they are like really appreciative. But also like they realized how fun it was, and they knew what they were getting into when they started too. So it wasn't like they were totally unprepared. What but a- like the, the 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 cabin had no heating, it had no electricity, there was no running water. So they, they were spending like weeks or like days just like not showering and just you know with food that like was brought in from town and stuff. So, um, let, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about the sound and how uh, and like one that really stuck out to me was the sound the demons made when they like shrieked when they were possessing oh somebody and they shrieked and I think it was Cheryl uh, I was like that got stabbed through the stomach and then no that, that was I think that was the um, Shelly oh Shelly okay yeah when Shelly gets stabbed with like that big old knife. Uh, the, that like she just lets out this scream that has to last. I didn't time it, but it has to last like a minute or something. It's oh just incredibly loud, inc- incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable, and it's just there for a long time. Oh, the first time I saw this this movie, that was the point where I started laughing. Um, I was just like, "What is happening?" And she's just <laughs> screaming and not stopping, and everyone's just like making this face, like, "Oh my god!" Like, what's going on? And it's just, oh, it gets. It like it transfers from horrific to to 
hilarious so quickly for me i wish that um, that's how it had been for me because i'm sitting there by, where's the remote <laughs> like, I, can't, I do not want to hear like, this anymore like trying to it's so funny because she's trying to reach for the thing in the, her back but she can't reach it because human arms don't go that way like, they don't reach up that far well i was uh i i actually did a sound test before i was i was like okay i know that sound is a big part of why movies are scary so yeah. i uh I, like i watched uh, like a funny youtube video before this and i set my volume and then as soon as this movie started they were singing in the car and i was and it was too quiet like a little bit too quiet and i'm like oh no so i was like i guess i have to raise the volume i think the volume actually was fine they just intentionally get you at a lower volume to begin with because when this screen was being let out like my room was basically shaking i'm like uh, so, uh, but I thought that was great. Like, what a what a uh, what a ho- like horrifying uh, blood curdling yeah. screech, and to have it go on for so goddamn long, uh, really was scary. Yeah, and um, I mean, Linda's like demon is also super terrifying. Her just like incessant laughing and like the baby talk and everything, like we're gonna get you and all that. Like that's just it's so unsettling. Um, even more so, I think, than the screaming for some reason. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff in this movie that had me, had my uh, blood curdling because <laughs> it's just very unsettling. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I kind of want to get back into this, like, humor and horror thing. I think th- I think humor and horror are, like, these two things that complement each other really well. Uh-huh. And I, you see it sometimes in, like, in newer things, um, like that movie T- Dale, Tucker and Dale versus Evil um, with Alan Tudyk. Uh, it's about these two hillbillies. Um, it's it's that movie is really hilarious, but also like set as a like horror movie. I've heard good things um, about that movie. The movie's good, and there's also the 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 book John Dies at the End by David Wong. Um, that movie, that book, and then the movie that stars G- Paul Giamatti. Both of those are like they're both hilarious and it's ter- terrifying. I mean, there are parts in the book that like you read it the first time and you laugh, and the second time you're scared. It's just. Um, <laughs> It's it's weird how that those things go together. And I think like a movie like Zombieland is kind of the same way where there's like it's a horror element but it's also definitely a comedy. Yeah. I think this movie kind of falls into that same spectrum where there are like hilarious moments but also like humorous moments and it's it's funny. I don't know why those two things go together. Maybe it's just like the unexpected nature of comedy that like lends itself to kind of a horror situation. Um but like it's not even like unintentionally hilarious like it's it's more like an intentional joke or an intentional like line of dialogue that's just delivered in a way that just makes you kind of I don't know, come to grips with like the realism of it or something. I don't. I'm well, not sure. See if you, well, see if you can give us an example because I mean you're saying the scream was one, but uh, like, can you maybe think of another one? I thought the scream was like wholly terrifying. Uh, I don't know. Something about that was so ridiculous. Um, the oh when they when they kill Shelley, uh, Edgar Wright uh, mentions this in the documentary. He says, um, they, after they kill Shelly, Ash says, uh, or, or um, what, what do we do now? And then uh, Scott says, um, we have barrier. And then Ash says, we can't bury her. She's a friend of ours. <laughs> it's just like this. I mean, it's like kind of brings you back. And you're like, these are just these kids. You know, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And uh, but it's also funny, too, because it's like, obviously, that's what you should do. I um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've. I'm not sure if I caught much humor in this. Uh, maybe I guess it's, it really is kind of like a 
I know it's kind of about what you're what you're what you find funny, right? I guess yeah, no, funny. agreed. Because I I, th- I think this is confirming a little bit of my uh, assumptions that I'm on the uh, easier to scare side of the spectrum, as opposed to some people who might see something that I find terrifying and see it as totally hilarious. Uh, which is why I don't consider myself much of a uh, a reliable source for information on horror films. Uh, okay. But I I don't, I don't know I. I I really appreciate your opinion just because you come into this. I mean, you came into this wholeheartedly and I feel like you've noticed things that I definitely didn't pick up on. Well, that was um, the other thing. I tried my best to go into this because I, I didn't really know much about Evil Dead besides the fact that it was iconic. Um, yeah. So I tried not to let anybody else influence my opinion on this movie uh, because I felt like coming from my perspective will be different. Uh, not having seen a whole lot of these kind of, uh, you know, horror films. Yeah. And I mean, not to, I mean, I, I definitely find this movie terrifying. And I mean, I, I was like, oh, I should turn the lights off. And I was like, nah, I'm not that brave. <laughs> and, and, like, there's whole times, like, I could feel my heart rate just going up, and I'm just like, oh, I do not feel healthy right now. I shouldn't have eaten all those Oreos. Oh, my gosh. Just like, um, the, the, the pure tension in this movie is just so palpable. And, um, well, I mean, actually, I I, well, let me uh, let me bring up one point that I thought maybe could be pretty, like, kind of funny, is when the demons talk. Because uh, sometimes the demons say things. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that are just I, I, like I don't know if I have any quotes specifically, but when the when uh, I, I get Cheryl and Shelley confused. It's uh, one of them, yeah. One, whoever's in the basement when she's like kind of like yelling at them from like underneath this thing. It, it's kind of a funny position to be like sticking your head through the crack and trying to get yeah. a word in edgewise to kind of spook them a little. Yeah, and there's that one part. I think it's Shelley who's in the fire. Um, and then Scotty pulls her out after she's screaming. Yeah. And she says, thank you. I don't know what I would have done if I had remained on those hot coals burning my pretty flesh. And she's <laughs> like, the way she says it, and her like arms are up by her head. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. It's definitely, that one was disgusting. Uh, like, looking at her face, like the exposed <laughs> oh flesh gosh. underneath. Because we had seen, like, kind of the corrupted flesh. But at yeah. th- that was kind of some of the first gore and, uh, uh, you know, just tearing flesh apart that uh we saw in this movie we saw quite a bit of that (laughs) oh yeah um i'm gonna take advantage of this slight lull and send us to a break uh but but stick with us because when we come back we will finish our conversation on the evil dead now is it true a lot of speculation about the first uh, Evil Dead movie because it has gone down in folklore as this amazing achievement. There's talk and there's rumors. I don't know what's true and what's not true. Some people say that you guys got incredibly high for some of the scenes in the first Evil Dead. True or false? Uh, hi, you're talking about marijuana. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. You're, you're accusing me of smoking marijuana on national television. And you want me to actually say no, that I did smoke we're marijuana? In, we're in California, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone here has a doctor's card, you know? Well, we did, we did in fact smoke marijuana because we had heard in the famous Jack Nicholson, five, you know, five easy pieces, no, yeah. uh, easy rider. Easy rider. That he smoked like 47 joints before he shot that scene. And we thought, well, if he can go on and become a, a very famous, notable actor, we can do the same thing. Right. And I had never smoked before. Right. I was 21 and... Uh, you went from zero to 47 joints? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we also found out that the weed in Tennessee was uh, pretty good, apparently. Yeah. More powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we did not really film the scene successfully. Yeah. Uh, everything kind of went into stereo, but I did discern voices of the crew going, 
uh, this was a really bad idea. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we filmed most of it uh, over again, but we did continue to smoke marijuana because that's what our characters would have done. <laughs> Good for the craft. Yeah, right, it's for right. the craft. All right, and we are back on Apple Chat talking about Evil Dead. That's right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the book, um, the Book of the Dead. So they find the book, and they also find a recording of a guy irresponsibly, I might add, reading from the book. <laughs> like, how? Like, that's not good, right? Like, he, he recorded himself resurrecting demons and was never like oh, I should destroy this tape or something <laughs> he's like if I have to suffer through this I, I at least hope someone else does too yeah someone else has to deal with it too <laughs> yeah so I, I I don't know what he was going through his mind but it, I don't know I kind of liked how that kind of worked out right like the book was written in an ancient text that they couldn't read and then somebody else was reading it and that's like how they accidentally get involved in this you know it's not even like it's not even their fault they just like stumbled upon it yeah and it also explains the remoteness of these items because uh he even says he's like i brought my discoveries here away from like the toils of like modern civilization and right. academe is what he calls academe. it <laughs> yeah i never heard that before but it's pretty pretentious um yeah, so there is a little bit of exposition here where he explains like how the demons work. He says that they, they lie dormant but are never truly dead, um, which you see like throughout the movie because they can't like every time you think they're dead, they're still alive. They just like have limited mobility basically. Well, and they also seem to be at least while they did enjoy some of the massacre, I think that they overall were a little pissed to have been woken up. Yeah, a little bit. Well, except they kept saying, "Join us." Which yeah, so. do they do you really join them or is that just a euphemism for possession? That's a good question. It does seem like p- possession, right? Well, yeah, I'm not even sure. Yeah, because I didn't know. Because at no point did I th- see an opportunity for one of them to be like, "All right, fine, I'll join." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you make a really convincing argument. You make a convincing really argument. Like, yeah, like you, the demons. I really like a, what you've done with your with your with your face. Well, the demons, <laughs> the demons could have been like. You know, we won't possess you if you join us. You know, then you could be on serve board us, with it. and then you'll be free. Yeah. Um, no, but but I think that it's interesting though because I it seems like the demons almost possess, um, like the memories of the possessed, right? Because they because they can kind of revert back into their original unpossessed state and like lie dormant briefly and then you know spring out when. Um, Ashley suspects it basically, because this happens throughout the movie. This happens like once there's that first twi- like switch where Cheryl, um, still in the, in the cellar, and she's like, "I'm all right, Ashley. Let me out. Yep. I'm I'm okay now." And like you as a viewer, are like, no, she's not. <laughs> but also <laughs> yeah. like maybe she is. Maybe it's all over. You know, maybe we can get her back. And then, no, of course, she puts her hands through the walls. And then Linda does the same thing. She totally, like, changes her face back to what she looks like. And yeah. she's, like, totally terrified and, like, don't let them take me, Ash. And, and uh, at that – here's the thing, though. At that point, I, you, you as the audience had gotten used to seeing demons. So something that originally was almost – like, you couldn't even look at. At least I – when, when uh, I first saw them get possessed, I, I almost couldn't even look at it. It was so terrifying. At this yeah. point, you're a little more used to it to the point where, yeah, you can keep your eyes on it. And then when they revert back to normal, it's almost just as terrifying as when you first saw the demon because now they, you don't know what to expect. You're like, oh, no, the demons can look normal now? And uh, I, I just thought that that was yeah. – I thought that was great. 
great timing for when they introduced that aspect of the demon's powers because uh, it, it kind of flipped the, 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 the switch. Now, looking normal is, like, new and frightening. Right, that's right, because you don't know whether they're whether they're lying or not, right? You don't know what kind of powers they have. And, of course, like, they do have the power to do this and come back and forth. And, of course, he gets Cheryl uh, eventually, but uh, Linda does this, like, a couple more times, right? She keeps pretending that she's okay, and then Ash has to, like, deal with it. Like, there's that one scene where Ash finds the chainsaw, which is, like, a real... It's a really important moment in the series, actually, because in the second movie, Ash actually loses an arm and replaces it with a chainsaw. And he keeps it for the rest of, um, rest of the time he's, like, a when, character. Wait, when did they, uh... When did they make the second one? Um, a few years after this one. I'm not That's sure. That's interesting, because I'm pretty sure it was either Billy and Mandy or, um or fairly odd parents one of those like cartoons when we were kids uh had a character that had a chainsaw hand uh that i think kind of looked like bruce campbell so i i think that made I mean, it it's would make probably sense a direct reference yeah that is from this it's from uh 1987 so it was made uh six years later 1997 1987 oh 87 Sorry. okay um that's uh, evil dead too well okay here's the thing like i i I know that they kept playing on that whole like he he has so much trouble uh, destroying like killing his girlfriend, uh, yeah. but he certainly didn't hesitate to give her the business when uh, she was like sitting in that doorway and he's like backslap like back, bitch slapping yeah, the shit out of her. her across the yeah, <laughs> I was like, that came oh, a little easy, didn't it? Yeah, I was like, damn. And then after, oh, now you have some compassion. Which again, I I was rooting for him to just blow her face off with a gun in the first place, but um, you know, I I, I was like. Like, what a what a change of heart from this man who just gave her like the 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 four backs like backhand combo uh it can't yeah. suddenly uh, can't chainsaw her uh because he's like oh linda and sees her but that's uh, like the that's necklace. the thing though it's like how far are you willing to go right like he knows what he has to do he saw how effective dismemberment has been and yet like she, there she is she looks perfect she looks like she's asleep you know she's got the necklace on that he gave her earlier like ah uh, yeah can you imagine putting yourself in that situation like you like imagine what's going through his mind at that point like well actually is, that mo- is it even real does he think it's like does he think he's crazy like can you even rule that out yeah i, I, I one of the things there are two things going through my mind at this point the one is that this is all farce and we're gonna find out that ash is actually the killer like he went crazy and murdered all his friends he's gonna wake up from this episode after and that's gonna yeah. be the true horror um and also uh, the other one was I thought maybe Ash would kill himself because I noticed that the gun hadn't been had had not been used at all up until this point like the actual uh, rounds and I thought maybe that was going to be his escape was he was going to choose mm. to go out his own way, um, but neither one of those things happened yeah. and uh, that's that's really interesting and yeah I think um, that I think this movie does kind of keep you guessing in that way right like with that kind of switch you're like you start to doubt yourself right you doubt all the things you've already seen you're like well is ash just an unreliable narrator like how do we know that like this movie is going is playing out the way that we think right well because i also couldn't explain why ash was going to be the last one to bite the dust right how come everyone else was uh you know taken before him why him you know Mm. uh so but yeah, then, then he goes to bury Linda instead of chopping her, instead of Gears of Warring her. He, uh, <laughs> which I actually, if you've played Gears of War, you know that chainsawing people in half is a big part of that game. And also yep. Gears uh, on a necklace are a big part of that. I definitely got a little Gears of War vibe when... That's definitely a, 
That's not a magnifying glass. Is, uh, right, but it, but the thing it is, like a gear, yeah, it did look a little bit because the the in Gears of War they have uh, their instead of dog tags they have cog tags, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> which are little gears on their necklace they identify them. So uh, that, of course it is. that she it looked like she was wearing her cog tags, and Ash was about to have to hold down B to chainsaw her in half. Uh, so I, I was definitely like, oh, nice, uh, nice uh, reference to Gears of War here. You know, thirty hey, years in the from. future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, Cliff Blazinski probably got mad influence from this from this movie. <laughs> Maybe he did. Um, I don't know. That's hilarious. But yeah, that's... yeah. But anyway, so she goes. He goes to bury Linda, um, and he actually does succeed in burying her. And then he notices that the necklace is right there outside of her grave, and he's just like, "Oh, necklace." And then he goes for it, and then immediately gets grabbed again. Oh my gosh! And she this tears is the time the necklace totally gets him. She tears my man's calves up, like oh just all this blood. And that is one of the I, like that happens multiple times in this movie where the demons just sink their claws into somebody and cause just blood to come squirting out. Yeah. And uh, his calves definitely were uh, were leaking after she got her hands on him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was so terrible. And like just kept going at it too. It just wouldn't stop. Um, but there's a thing that happens right before um, he buries her, uh, which I really, really like. It's probably my favorite part in this movie. And that's like this this eye game that he and Linda play. Oh, so they yeah. play it first before they get um, before they get possessed. Um, he's he's pretending to be asleep and he has the magnifying necklace. And um, she's like looking at him, trying to see if he's tell if he's asleep or not. And he keeps looking at her and then looking and then pretending to be asleep when yeah. she looks at him. And then later in the movie, um, she, the same game is played. Only Linda is pretending to be dead, and Ash keeps trying to look at her to see if she's dead or not. And she keeps like waking up and looking at him. But then when she looks at her, she immediately pretends to be dead again. Uh, it's so perfect. I, I love, love that. that I, I actually didn't re- like remember that callback until just now, and that I think that's great. It's exactly the same. And I, I think that's such a challenge in directing to like just direct your actors to move their eyes in certain ways to like have them like, convey this kind of like little game that they're playing. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know how like that's accomplished, but it's just accomplished so perfectly. You totally understand like the dynamic between them, and then having the demon replicate that later in the movie is just like so like gets into your veins. Um, so yeah, credit to Sam Raimi for having that kind of vision. And yes, just another and another horror movie trope here uh, was like hands coming out of the grave, like zombies like coming out of the grave. Yep. It's so classic zombies. <laughs> uh, classic zombies. Right. Right. They're always being buried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and then and this leads to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, which was when like they fight after she comes out of the grave, and he's hitting her with the big old, yeah, what do we like with that the lumber, the thing. lumber, yeah. And, and then she like jumps in the air, and he's mid air slashes her head off with a shovel. And all he could think of was, um, Anik and I have the eye ground. <laughs> That's, Even though he definitely did. That's essentially what happened. But it's, and then he, uh, her body falls on his chest and starts squirting like all this blood yeah. right into his face. <laughs> this man, Ash, he sees a lot of awful things in this movie. But I think the worst aspect of his ordeal was all of the gross liquids that he had dumped on it directly on his into face. Into his face. Yeah, into his mouth and eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> So many times, so many, many times, just hit him in the face. So many freaky times. Uh, when he goes into the, well, yeah, when he goes into the basement and the the pipe bursts and there's like just like a whole thing of blood just goes right into it, <laughs> freaking down his throat. Yeah, there's, there's then, so many examples. Yeah. And then at the very end of the movie too, like there's a bunch of times where he's like 
there's the things are just splurting and he's like he's laying on the ground and it just hits him in the face he's just like oh my god <laughs> i actually I, yeah I, if they wanted to add a little more realism i think there should have been more vomiting on ash's uh, part because I, i'm sure none of those liquids smell good no well no probably not but uh, but yeah. So I, I liked. I, I thought that was a neat use of uh, decapitation there. Definitely should have done it with the, the the chainsaw before. But he got around to it eventually. Um, before heading back yeah. into the house and uh, seeing some more crazy shit. And, and one of my favorite things that he saw, because uh, like that that was another thing that I th- felt made the movie kind of unpredictable. Was uh, a lot of the middle of the movie scares were all based on just what the demons were up to and people being possessed, and that's scary enough. Um, yeah. that, that can be a whole movie but then when he comes back now they're just toying with him and they're messing with things in the house like we said like the blood dumping out uh, and like the music playing too quickly and the projector coming on with blood dripping on it and all this yeah. unsettling stuff uh, and then he reaches his hand onto the mirror and it's made of water and he goes right yeah. through ah that, that freaks was out oh yeah that's that's nuts um, so I, yeah, I, I, I like that they didn't just rest on their laure- laurels to with just the most terrifying part of this movie, which is like the uh, the most the most terrifying visual, I guess, which is yeah. just like the demons and the possession, uh, but also being creative and finding ways to make inanimate objects just as terrifying. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe the demons picked up that to Ash was starting to doubt his own sanity at that point, and they just started to mess with him even farther, right? And, like, the clock's going backwards and everything, he's just standing there with his back against the door saying, Why are you torturing me? Right, and, and in while, while as humans we see, we tend to empathize with other humans over uh, evil demons, I, I, was, <laughs> I was looking for reasons to root for uh, the humans because I, I didn't necessarily... They weren't super endearing to me, uh, and I, I started looking at it from the demon's perspective perspective because there's definitely more than one demon and yeah. I, I mean i argue this is a decently executed game plan as far as uh torturing and murdering these uh these teenagers because there were limitations Absolutely. to the to the demon's powers in some capacity uh and they were able to uh most of the most of the time it seemed like their their victory was inevitable they had they had taken the bridge out uh and uh yeah. and they were just and they thought everything through you know yeah, they possess all the friends and everything, and they slowly like, wear away at Ash and his like sanity. Yeah, I mean... Oh, and can we when, talk about Scotty? Because I, I, we didn't really cover his death, but Scotty comes back from the woods, and he is in bad shape, and he's oh, like yeah. struggling to get it. He's like leaning all over Ash, and Ash is like putting him on the couch, and he's and and, and he's like, oh, you're going to be fine. Just just believe <laughs> like, me. You're going to be just fine. And he's like, no, you're not. Dude, he's like already basically dead. And <laughs> <laughs> he's got a branch in his side, yeah. Uh, that, that was oh, uh, yeah, yeah that, poor Scotty. Yeah, poor Scotty for sure. Rip Scotty. I, I definitely like Scotty. Like on his tombstones, like R.I.P. Scotty. Like he was about that action because <laughs> he, he he. I think he he did what he could to try to stay alive here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. There was okay. There was this interesting reference that uh, they talked about in the movie or in the in the documentary. Um, it has something to do with that. Uh, Hills Have Eyes um, poster. Did you notice that in the basement? No, the I cellar? didn't. It, well, Hills of Eyes is a famous uh, Wes Craven movie, horror movie. I'm not sure when it came out, but in that movie, there's a ripped-up poster of Jaws, um, which was kind of Wes Craven's way of saying, this movie is going to be even more terrifying than Jaws, and it's going to put you know Jaws to shame. Ooh. And so Sam Raimi puts a ripped up version of a poster of Hills Have Eyes and his movie. You say, ah, 
I'm one-upping you even further, Wes Craven. I'm going to make this movie even more terrifying than that one. So That's awesome. And you would only yeah. do that to a movie that you respect, a movie that you're trying to sh- uh, pay <laughs> homage to. So that, that's, that's pretty right. cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, uh, um, oh, go did ahead. you notice, and speaking of references to other movies, did you notice uh, that the beginning of the movie is something that we have seen before? It's the, the same movie that they watch in Donnie Darko. Oh yes, um, I, I well, I remember when we watched Johnny Darko that there was a scene from Evil Dead, but I, I, I had my mind on other things uh, while <laughs> I was watching point. this movie. It was, it was, it's like it starts with the car pulling into the driveway, and then the um, the banging of the of the porch swing that's like the only things they show in the movie i would love um, to yeah i think i would love to see that scene from donnie darko again because now i i would definitely remember it that's a very yeah. easy to remember scene from this movie very nice so is that uh is that about it um i think that's everything i've got so you got something to end on uh yes well i just want to talk about how this movie wraps up because uh all through it i thought this is probably going to be self-encapsulated. Everyone's going to die, and that's going to be the end of Evil Dead. Uh, sure. But we get to see that Ash, or Ash rather, gets to see another day at the end. Um, and he walks out of the house and seemingly to intend to depart and go home, try to live his life. Sun rises on a new day. Yes, and, and, and at, even though at no point did they say the sun being up means the demons won't be out. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> We're, uh, we're so implied. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're humans. We're the opposite of nocturnal, whatever. There is a word for it. Um, and so the daytime is when we're supposed to be up and about. And, uh, but they still got his ass. The demon, like we get to see the forest bust through the house, uh, going through doors that previously it couldn't and, yeah. or, or at least didn't. And, uh, and then it, there's that iconic shot at the end where it runs up on Ash and that's the last thing he you turns see. around and it goes down his throat. Yeah. That that's actually exactly where Evil Dead Two picks up is right at that moment. Wow! Oh my goodness. Well, no spoilers, but I, uh, <laughs> I well, I, yeah, the, that... it, even though uh, I I actually would, in my research here found out about the sequels and learned that uh, you know it does continue. I, I think mm-hmm. that the, that ending still is a pretty good place to stop, uh, even if you're just going to watch Evil Dead on its own, uh, because. You can make the you can make your assumption what whether like the fate of uh, Ash, but it, it's like a you get to you survive the night and then yeah. that kind of puts well, that, a, that, a lid on. That's it. like a horror movie trope too. Is like there one last scare. It ends on a scare. Yeah. Um. I mean, you see that in, in, in new horror movies too, where like there's like a you know, like I'm thinking of The Conjuring when they focus on Annabelle the doll at the very end, and that that sort of the sequels uh, to or prequels to that that, that movie, but also um. The, like Nightmare Before Elm Street, on, uh, Nightmare Before Nightmare, Nightmare Before. on Elm Street. <laughs> um, they, you think that you've killed, they killed Freddy Krueger, um, but at the very, the very last scene, he like comes through the door um, and kills like the, I think the mom or something. So, like that's like a classic horror movie thing. Is uh, you think it's over, they wrap it up, they have a nice little like like falling action scene, and then it's not over. Which, uh, yeah, and the ending of this is so iconic. Almost makes me want to watch the next one, but I think I need to let the adrenaline in my blood, uh, you know, diffuse here a little bit. So I'll hold off on that one for now. Uh, but I really did enjoy this movie, and I, I think I had to get around to watching more horror movies eventually. I'm not a little kid anymore, and I think this is a good step uh, in the right direction as far as that goes. Good horror movie. Well, I'm glad you liked it, because I certainly did. Uh, and with that, uh, we'll 
turn to the audience and say thank you to you for listening to Affable Chat. You can hear us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Please review us. That helps so much as far as exposure goes. Thank you so much to everyone who has reviewed us already. Uh, if you have any comments or criticism, please contact us. Uh, we now have an email address, affablechat at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us, at affablechat on Twitter, uh, or you can uh, comment on our SoundCloud as well. Uh, we love feedback. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, Joey, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Affable Chat. Absolutely. Anytime. And we're out.